0: Hi, I'm Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, and I'm here with a Slate spoiler special on...
1: Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull.
0: Thank you, Dan. That was Dan Coys, the uh, editor of uh, the culture blog Vulture on New York Magazine. Hi, Dan. Hey. So, yes, we took in uh, Indiana Jones last night together, and I have a lot to say about it. If you want to take away with the plot summary, go ahead and we'll, we'll go from sure. there.
1: Uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is, of course, the... Long-awaited fourth movie in the Indiana Jones series, and coming what
0: twenty-seven years after the first one? I or think something seventeen
1: like that? years after the last. Oh yeah, one. the last of course, one was nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, the last one, of course. No,
0: no, from the first one. though. Oh,
1: from the first one, it's I think it's a hundred years. I think it's been hundred years <laughs> since the first one uh, came out um, in the early days of cinema. But it follows, of course, Indy who um, who is seventeen years older than he was in the previous installment of this franchise. And his uh, quest in 1950s America and Peru for a mysterious crystal skull, which um, early previews suggested and a viewing of the movie confirms is actually the skull of an alien.
0: Right. Spoiler alert, by the way, a little bit too late. But if you didn't get it from the title, we're we're going to be spoiling away all yes. kinds of all kinds of kind of world historical secrets with this one. So
1: this is a, I've already read one mention of the movie online in which someone jokes that... Uh, that we thought this was going to be a sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, but in fact it's a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's all over this movie, There are aliens in this movie. Um,
0: It's sort of X-Files meets Close Encounters, this movie. I mean, definitely with an Indiana Jones setting and mood and, and period design and all of that stuff, but the subject matter is really different from any of the indie movies so far as I remember them.
1: It is, yeah. I mean, whereas every previous one of the indie movies was about some kind of, whether mythological or real, Human artifact, you know the the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant. This one is in fact about alien skulls. Alien, right? And it in fact starts off with a skulls. very
0: x filesian scene in which a crate from Roswell, New Mexico, is is unearthed in a military storage bunker. Um, do you want to briefly talk about the family structure that emerges over the course of this movie?
1: Sure. Well, one of the uh, one of the very welcome returns in this movie for those of us who are fans of the first one is Marion Ravenwood, who's played by Karen Allen, who was, of course, Indy's love from the first movie memorably introduced in that first movie as she um, drinks a bunch of Cossacks under the table, just before a big fight breaks out. But um, she returns in this movie and um, and Indy meets her in the jungles of Peru. Um, and it is revealed that, that Indy and Marion have had a son about whom Indy knew nothing, um, played by Shia LaBeouf. His name is Mutt. He is a 50s greaser. A
0: straight up lift from Marlon Brando in The Wild One.
1: Yes. I mean, apparently Steven Spielberg gave Shia LaBeouf a copy of The Wild One and said, watch this. And you know he he rides a motorcycle and he runs a comb through his hair and he does those things that greasers do. There's in fact a very funny scene early in the movie in which greasers and jocks get into a fight in a in a um, 1950s diner, and it's like it's like a parody of every 1950s movie you ever saw. But uh, they the three of them encounter each other, and it's it's news to Indy that he has a son, and it's news to Mutt that Indy is his father, and. In the course of a three-minute conversation in the back of a Russian Jeep in which they are all tied up, they um, establish sort of a whole wellspring of, of family resemblances and conflicts and tensions, which are then played out, I-, I thought, fairly entertainingly throughout the entire course of the movie, right up to, spoiler alert, the wedding at the end. Positively Shakespearean. <laughs>
0: That was, to me, one of the more painful—that was one moment where even I, who I can be quite a sentimental viewer, I've been told, of Steven Spielberg movies, and um, and they can work their magic on me even when I morally object to things that are going on, as in the movie Artificial Intelligence, it made me cry even as I was sort of raging against how Steven Spielberg was ruining cinema for us all. But yeah, the end the end of this was a little bit heavy duty, even for me. Do you have anything else to say about the flying saucer aliens theme and the whole sort of George Lucas, Steven Spielberg well, futuristic is, fantasy? It is
1: interesting. I mean, one of the you know this movie has been discussed at great length um, online long before it's been created, and, and one of the things with a that, fair
0: amount of knowledge about it. With a fair around.
1: amount of, I mean, some it's been speculated with no knowledge, and then it's also been discussed with some some amount of knowledge. And in interviews with sort of the the, the power trio behind this movie, which is to say Harrison Ford, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg, it has become apparent that one of the reasons it seems that the movie took so long to make was um, that they waited a long time to find a story that everyone liked and could agree on and it seems quite likely from interviews that they've given that that one sticking point wa- wa- were aliens. George Lucas has said that his, he wanted a lot he of he wanted aliens that he wanted the story to revolve on a- around aliens. That that was his that was his big idea for Indiana Jones four, and that that some of the things that he wanted to have in the movie Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg thought were maybe overkill. And so George Lucas has said in interviews that Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull contains what he believes to be a compromised number of aliens, <laughs> um, which is hilarious because. It's all aliens. I mean there's it's the whole thing is about aliens.
0: They do find a way to sort of fold them into the, the sort of archaeological construct that the, the movie's built around, right? In the sense that these aliens have been the gods for some pre Mayan yes, civilization. The, the, the
1: aliens are I mean, as in one of the most popular theories of, of alien involvement in human affairs, these aliens are those pointy headed aliens that everyone says taught the Egyptians how to build the pyramids and taught the Incas how to build their pyramids and introduced agricultural techniques that no one else would come up with for 5,000 years. Um, And so a great deal of the movie is spent in gloomy Peruvian tombs and pyramids, unearthing the great secrets that these aliens uh, gave to the It's sort of an X-Filer's
0: dream come true. It's all the sort of paranoid Bermuda Triangle fantasies about aliens brought together in one... It really package. is.
1: And, 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 and I loved
0: your observation about how the crystal skull also becomes this kind of get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Whoever's holding this crystal skull can basically ward off all evil, yes. get a good table in a restaurant, right?
1: Yeah, so I, every time— Get bumped
0: up to first class. There
1: is a period in the movie in which anytime anyone attacks them from, from fire ants to crazy living dead Incan warriors, they just wave the crystal skull <laughs> at them and they part like the Red Sea— Um, But it's interesting your comparison of the X-Files because one of the things that we talked about after the movie was this notion of of Indiana Jones as skeptic. And he does spend, once again, the first part of the movie being extremely skeptical about about what he is told about the artifacts that they are searching for, just as he did in Raiders of the Lost Ark when he was told they were searching for the Ark of the Covenant. Right. He always kind of rolls his eyes at the mumbo
0: jumbo. And we were asking – It's a
1: story. It's a myth. So
0: how has he maintained his skepticism in the face of basically 30 years of, you know, watching people's skulls be melted by the Ark of the Covenant? (laughs) I mean, every all manner of mystical mumbo jumbo he ever hears about turns out, in fact, to be true and more horrible than he could ever have imagined.
1: Right. And so in this movie, uh, Indiana Jones sort of plays the roles of both Mulder and Scully in that he starts out very skeptical, of course, and then has his eyes open literally by the crystal skull in one One of the many, many pleasurably ridiculous scenes in this movie in which Indiana Jones stares deeply into the skull's eyes (laughs) with electrodes taped to his head and his brainwaves go crazy. And then he later says... That they have to return the skull back to where it came from because it told me to, Harrison Ford says. What
0: I actually loved about that scene in which he's sort of brainwashed slash sort of communes with, enlightened by the crystal skull, is is how low-tech it is. I mean, in a movie that just uses so much money and so many digital effects and so many non-digital, you know, just incredible stunts and exploding cars and, you know, everything you could imagine, that one of the key plot points in the movie is just a guy staring at a prop on a table.
1: Right. With John Williams's score going in overtime behind underneath <laughs> that so you know it's it's it may be hard to tell so far from from Dana and I speaking, but we actually both did enjoy the movie quite. Oh, a bit. I
0: really did. I wanted to talk a little bit about the love sandwich, the love hate sandwich. effect <laughs> we experienced. We saw the movie with two other people, with your editor and my life partner. Right, right. You my and I were sitting in the, the middle,
1: around and 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 your partner Robert, and and we, we were
0: seated right with with them on the edges and us right. in the middle the entire time. I was just assuming that everyone around me was having as good a time as I am. I thought I was picking up fun vibes from from right and left, but it turns out that it was only on my right. The people on the ends of our sandwich hated the movie, yes. and you and I quite enjoyed it. I would go so far as to say that I loved it. I thought it, it fulfilled all of my expectations, which, granted, were not, you know, the highest. I, I just wanted a satisfying sequel, one that was not of the ilk of the second set of Star Wars movies. I didn't right. want things to have moved into some strange, boring, bureaucratic zone in which, you know, we were working out some kind of deep Indy Jones problems that nobody actually cared about. And this felt, to me, like, of a piece with the fun first three in the series.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it's one of the benefits of, gi- of handing a movie like this to Steven Spielberg is that you can basically guarantee that it will contain a number of fantastic action sequences, and those action sequences will be shot so well that they will be unbelievably enjoyable. I mean, they will be enjoyable in a Pavlovian sense. No human being cannot, can watch these action sequences <laughs> and not have a good time. That's
0: the power of Steven Spielberg, is that he's such a craftsperson that you know it's just it's very satisfying to see an action scene in which it's absolutely clear what's going on. Granted, everything is physically impossible, but according to the laws that he's put in place, it's it's sort of like a almost a, a Buster Keaton-like, I mean, I hate to invoke the name of one of my cinematic saints in the same breath as Steven Spielberg, but I mean, they both have a similar way of choreographing an action scene so that everything within that context is absolutely believable and enjoyable.
1: Right, even when the actual things that are happening are totally unbelievable, like Indiana Jones surviving a nuclear blast, which happens in this movie in the first 20 minutes. (laughs) He survives... A direct hit from a nuclear bomb.
0: And a tip in case, you know, Iran does get the bomb and we find ourselves in that situation, just pop inside a lead-lined refrigerator yes. and you're set.
1: Please find a 1950s lead-lined refrigerator. You may be blown through the air for several miles, but I if you're in the Jones, you'll survive. There's an
0: actual countdown to this nuclear explosion at this test site, and he's hearing 5 two, one and he's throwing the ketchup bottles wildly out of the refrigerator trying to get in in time. But so, so let's talk about what's to hate and what's to love. I mean, I think what's to love, anyone who's, who's watched Jaws or one of the great Steven Spielberg movies sort of knows that they're going to be caught up in that action spirit and love those scenes. Right. But you also said that the haters, you could see their point of view, even though those things made it even more endearing to you. Right. Way.
1: Well, there are many, many scenes that are stupid. I mean, just to pick one out of a hat, there is a scene in which Shia LaBeouf, playing Mutt, Indiana Jones's son, ends up up in, on a vine in a tree in the Peruvian jungle sees a bunch of monkeys swinging on vines, and Tarzan, like, swings along with them from vine to vine for what appears to be miles. I mean, miles. (laughs) He swings through the jungle and then finds... And while this is going on, everyone else is speeding along in Jeeps at 70 miles an hour, but he finds them. He finds them in the jungle swinging on vines and, and perfectly times a leap into a Jeep from his 55th vine.
0: That whole s- chase through a forest, it was filmed in Hawaii, I believe, but it's supposed to be in the Amazon jungle, is just full of physically impossible but sort of fantastical things that I was completely willing to suspend my disbelief for. And I'm a person who has a real problem with superhero movies. Oh, this guy puts on a suit and now he can do this and that. I'm constantly cre- questioning their credibility, but I'd love Shia LaBeouf swinging with the monkeys. Also, right. having well, just sat through Speed Racer with all those static, painful mugging monkey scenes, you know, just some, some some real monkeys, some non-digitized monkeys having fun were it's kind of a blast. To watch. Well, and
1: what's funny, though, is that that exact scene that chased through the Amazon jungle is the scene that my co-editor Lane hated the most. He specifically hated the there's a, a sword fight that occurs between Shia LaBeouf and Kate Blanchett, who we haven't even mentioned yet. Who Playing plays the, the KGB who plays villain. The, the KGB villain in this movie. The sword fight occurs while they, were, while they are both standing on The backs of jeeps that are driving side by side (laughs) through the jungle, Uh, and at one point Shia LaBeouf is actually straddling the two jeeps while sword fighting uh, as the jeeps slowly pull further and further. And don't forget
0: about the groin humor that they right, right,
1: and and so he gets hit in the nuts uh, maybe like ten times by trees and branches. And so first of all. Seeing Shia LaBeouf get hit in the nuts 10 times is awesome. There's (laughs) no one who can argue that that is not a fantastic movie sequence. But that drove Lane, my co-editor, crazy. That whole scene, he just thought, well, this is so stupid. Why would you put this in the movie? But to me, and perhaps I, too, am more of a sentimentalist than Lane is, to me, the stupider the scenes got in this movie, the happier I was the more ridiculous the lines of dialogue were, the more outlandish the action sequences were, the happier I was, because to me it all harkened back to what I loved about the first Indiana Jones movies, even though in this movie everything was exponentially bigger and more explodey and faster and louder. I mean, even the punches were louder. Did you notice that even when in the first scene Indiana Jones gets like a backhand slap to the face, just like a casual backhand slap, and it, it was so loud it was like, I mean, it was like a car crash in an in an ordinary movie. That slap was so loud, but just everything about this movie is bigger. It's bigger than any of the other ones, and to me, that to me, by the standards that I have established for the Indiana Jones movies, that made it by definition better. But I think to other people, that just makes it more annoying.
0: Well, one last question, just to wrap up. I mean, what about somebody who, unlike us, isn't bringing? You know, twenty years of Indiana Jones love into the theater, Somebody who is Shia LaBeouf's generation and just encountering all this for the first time—are they going to love this movie? Will it be a hit? Will they care?
1: I don't know. They may think it feels really old-fashioned because it does feel really old-fashioned. But, but even in 1981, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark was felt pretty old-fashioned as well. I mean, my hunch is going to be that that most viewers are going to really like this movie. That viewers who go in excited about an Indiana Jones movie are going to come out excited that they saw a fourth Indiana Jones movie. And I think even even people of Shia LaBeouf's generation or even younger have watched almost all of these movies on DVD or seen them on TNT or wherever it is that they show. And I think that for people who really appreciate the series not for being fantastic films but for being... Great experiences, great movie-going experiences. I think it's actually going to be a a pretty great movie-going experience, especially for people who've never seen these in theaters. I mean, this is a movie that, that is great on the big screen unlike Speed Racer, which is just disconcerting on the big screen. Right.
0: Well, and what about the crowds who flocked to Transformers last summer, which was an almost unwatchable action movie with incoherent and sort of indistinguishable robots beating on each other? It did have Shia LaBeouf, and it had lots of action, whatever whatever that means.
1: Right. But who knows? I mean, having argued two weeks ago that the younger generation will get the action sequences in Speed Racer – it may be foolish of me to argue that the, that same younger generation will appreciate the action sequences in Indiana Jones. But I tend to think that they are sort of universal, that no one can watch Shia LaBeouf getting hit in the nuts and not <laughs> think it's great.
0: That's the one universal. All right. Well, Dan Coys, thank you very much for watching the movie and for joining me for this Slate spoiler special. My pleasure. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens.